Blessings to you and welcome to Walk in the Word. I'm your host, Robin Boone. Walk in the Word is a podcast where we are learning to live according to the Word of God. God's Word is powerful. It is quick. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm going to read from Hebrews 4, 12, and then we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to get into our episode. Hebrews 4.12 from the Amplified Version. God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We cannot get away from it, no matter what. Woo, I tell you. All right, hang on. I'll be back in just a moment. On Sunday, it was Palm Sunday, my pastor preached a message from Matthew 21. And it was from verses 13, 12 and 13. It was really powerful. And and when he read it, um, something else kind of just popped in my mind. But I wanted to share what he uh, ministered about because that'll give you some context. But let me go ahead and read Matthew 21. And uh, I'm actually going to read 12 through 14. So... Jesus went straight to the temple. Oh, and I'm reading from the message translation. So Matthew 21, 12 through 14. Jesus went straight to the temple and threw out everyone who had set up shop, buying and selling. He kicked over the tables of loan sharks and the stalls of dove merchants. He quoted this text. My house was designated a house of prayer. You have made it a hangout for thieves. Now there was room for the blind and crippled to get in. They came to Jesus and he healed them. So some of his message was about what Jesus had to do in the temple when he went in. And how when he cleaned out the temple from the money changers. And I'm going to read from the King James Version in just a moment. But how he um, he cleaned it out. Because what was going on in the temple was not of God. It was not a place. It, it was turned into a, uh, what do you call it? A bazaar, basically. You know, B-A-Z-A-A-R, not the other bazaar, like crazy. But it was turned into more of a place where there was a lot going on. He explained about the money changers. Um, They were coming in to exchange currencies and uh, they were selling, like the Bible says, they were selling doves and, you know, thieves were hanging out there to rob the people. So it just wasn't a church. It wasn't what God had intended his, his house of worship to be. And when Jesus went in and he cleaned it out, it was then 
that those who needed to be healed and those who needed to be ministered to could come in. They could come in and get their healing and they could get their deliverance. So what really occurred to me as he was ministering and even throughout the week, I've really been thinking about this, is that what happens, and this is this is the, the key of, of what I want to talk about today. What happens when Jesus comes into the heart of a believer? When a person, you know, confesses Christ, when they get saved, when we get saved, what happens when Jesus comes in. And and I thought about when I think of this scripture, you know, and it says when Jesus, let me, I said I was going to read from King James and that is exactly what I'm going to do. All right. So when Jesus comes in, what does he do? He, Jesus went into the temple of God. This is the King James, Matthew 21 verse 12 and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and he overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves so what does Jesus do when he comes in what occurred to me what occurred to me and the question that came up in my mind is wow Jesus is not playing that the temple of God that was supposed to be a house of prayer was turned into a den of thieves. So what is God's intention for us as human beings? God's intention for us is to serve him, is to worship him, is to love him, is to be conformed to the image of Christ, is to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That is his intention for us. But what happens as we go through life? Even if we got saved as as children, there were still some things in us that weren't right because we are uh, born in sin. We're shaped in iniquity. We are of the human race. And so we are born in sin uh, because of the fall of Adam and Eve and their disobedience and that ushered and Adam, his sin ushered humanity and then the nature of humanity into a sinful state until we receive Christ and we are born again into the newness of life. Okay, so the intention of the temple to be pure, holy, a place of worship, the intention that God has for his for us for every human being is to serve him. So what happens when we accept Christ? I hear this often because often it's true that when someone gets saved, you know, we kind of think that everything is going to be peachy keen, that, you know, life is going to be just amazing. And it is. Oh, let me say, it is, being a Christian is, is the best life, the best life. Being a daughter, a child of God, is the best position in this life. 
I mean, think about it. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as believers. We are given every spiritual blessing. Every one. So, hey, <laughs> yes, it is amazing. It is amazing as we allow the Lord to, as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us through the word of God. So when Jesus comes in, the Bible says he cast out all them that sold and bought in the temples. So as we, before Christ, no matter how young you are, how old you are, there are things in our temples. There are things in us. There are behaviors, there are attitudes, there are patterns in us simply because of our human nature. Simply because of our sin nature. Compile upon our sin nature sin, things that we've done, behaviors that we've exhibited, thoughts that we have thought, attitudes that we've had, sinfulness. So when Christ comes in, when when we accept him and his Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us, he has some cleaning up to do. He has some cleaning up to do. Now, the thing about it is, it's something we have to allow him to do because he comes in at the moment we accept Christ. The Holy Spirit, when we genuinely accept Christ, the person of the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. He does. And this, the, okay, so we're baptized into the body of Christ. He comes in, seals us unto the day of redemption. And then he begins the work. Because he's got some cleaning up to do. And as we get in the word of God and get under the preaching and the teaching of the word, and we spend time with the Lord and we allow him to, to work with us and deal with us. The last episode I talked about forgiveness and we start um, allowing him to go in and clean us up. That's what he's doing. He's cleansing our temple. Jesus, by way of his spirit, is cleansing the temple. He is, what did he do in the, te- in the literal temple at that time in Matthew 21? He cast out them that sold. So what the Holy Spirit does is he begins to cast out the things that are wrong in us, the things that are sinful in us, the attitudes that come against the Spirit of God, that that, uh, grieve the Holy Spirit, the, the thoughts that grieve the Holy Spirit. He begins to fill us with himself, fill us with his word, and we have to allow him to do it. See, then Jesus just took the authority, went into the temple, and he cast out them. They didn't have a choice because he just did it, right? 
But we have a choice as believers whether or not we are going to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that he desires to do in us so that we can be cleansed. So that we can be cleansed and washed. So what I'm here to say is that we want, I know I, listen, I know I do. I want the Holy Spirit to get in every nook and cranny of my soul, my spirit. I want him to search. I want him to overturn some things. I want him to make it so that the enemy, when he's cast out, there is no way he can get back in. When Jesus went into that temple, he didn't just put the people out. He put the tables, he turned over the tables and he turned over the chairs. So not only did he cast out the people who were doing this, he made it so they wasn't coming back because those tables were overturned. And when they, when somebody overturns tables, they mean business. When somebody goes into a place, you know, they can beat up the people, but when they turn over the tables and the chairs, that's saying, I've got the authority in this place. I have got the power in this place. And you dare not come back in here because I rule Jesus. I rule this place. This is my place. This is my home. And that's what the Lord is saying, that you are my home. You belong to me now. You are my place of residence. I dwell here. And because I dwell here, everything that is not of me has to go. Everything that is not of me, every attitude, every ungodly thought, every ungodly pattern, every soul tie that is ungodly and demonic has to go because Holy Spirit, you are his home now. I am his home now. I am Jesus's dwelling place now. And so what I need to do and what we need to do is allow him to overturn, to cast out, my Lord, to cast out everything in us that is not of him. The things that have been embedded in us from from a child, And we've carried it all these years. Even if you're a young person, something that has happened to you that that you didn't, that you weren't the cause of, but it caused you trauma and it has followed you and it has impacted you and it has twisted your thinking and your heart and your mind in such a way that your actions and your attitudes and 
Your belief systems are all out of whack and upside down and topsy-turvy and you don't know which way is up and you don't know what what's right and what's wrong and it's all out of whack. Well, Jesus comes in to set everything in order. And we have to allow him to do it. We have to say, Lord, Lord, go ahead. Turn over every table. Turn over every belief system. Turn over. Turn over the trauma so I can look at it, face it, deal with it, and get it out of my system. Get it out of my system. Look, if that means therapy, go for it, okay? Go for it. Do what you have to do to get free because God will use the therapist, and I recommend Christian therapists, God will use that therapist to help cleanse you and to bring up the things that need to be brought up. They're skilled and trained in that. But whatever God, whatever solution, whatever strategy the Lord provides for us to get free, to get cleansed, we must take advantage of it. Yes, because he wants our house, he wants our temple to be a house of prayer, a place of freedom where the Holy Spirit has complete freedom to move in us, where we are free to pray, where we are free to have intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father, where we can receive the healing. <laughs> oh, Lord, you know, when, when Jesus cleaned, this is one of the things my pastor said, when Jesus cleaned that temple, when he got the church right, my Lord, then, and in the message it says now, now the people could come in and get healed. So now, oh my Lord, now God can, can begin the work. Uh, he's already started the work, but now he can just, those gifts that are in you. And I'm speaking from experience. When I've allowed God to just come in and do the work that he that he wanted to do, that he was trying to do for a long time. And I said, okay, Lord, okay, okay, I'm done fighting with you. So, hey, have at it. You know, then he began to stir up the gifts, the things I didn't even know were in me. And the, the, the character of Christ began to be formed in me. That's what he's after, to make us more like Christ. So when the Holy Spirit comes in, let him do the work. Go ahead and let, it's painful sometimes. Oh yes, because when he's starting to deal with things that 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 really touch our hearts, that really um, are deep, let me say this, that they're deep-seated in us. They're deeply seated. They are part of who we are and they're completely wrong. And the Holy Spirit puts his finger on that thing. You better let him have it. Mm, let him have it. Let him have it, sis. Let him have it, brother. <laughs> let him take it all away. 
Let him clean you up. So we and you, I could be more like Christ so I can operate in those gifts so I can become the person that God wants me to be. And this is a process. You know, when he first comes in and, you know, the more the more he cleans us, the more we want to be cleaned, right? The more we want to be like him because we see that it's glorious. Not easy, but very glorious, you know, to know that this Savior wants to be with us and he wants to do this work. But so many of us run when, when we're confronted with our own pain, when we're confronted with our own inadequacies, when we're confronted with our own envy, when we're confronted with our own jealousy, when we're confronted with our own unforgiveness, when we're confronted with our own self-hatred, when we're confronted with prejudice that we hold inside of us, when we are confronted, that makes some of us run. But we can only run so far. So you might as well turn around, face it, and let the Lord turn them tables over and cast out that stuff that does not bring him glory. Let him do it, y'all. Let him do it. Oh, my God. Because on the other side, on the other side, of this, of the casting out and the turning over of tables and chairs. On the other side, it's sweet on the other side. There's peace on the other side, internal peace and joy on the other side of the pain of having to face these certain things. Some of what I've mentioned and some I don't even know about that you're dealing with. Wow. And so, it's just amazing what God wants to do so we can be more like him. So, take some time, read Matthew 21, and think about it. uh, Verses 12 through 14. Think about that. Let me read verse 15. This is amazing. And then I'm going to close because this is, (laughs) I'm going to close this episode. 15. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and the children crying in the temple, crying as in praising Jesus, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. The leaders were displeased. They were angry. They were vexed. They were upset with Jesus. So let me just say this. The enemy is not going to be happy with you as you allow God to do what he wants to do in you. But don't let that stop you. He will distract you. Don't let that stop you. Press in, press in, press in and work through a lot because you're not alone. You've got the presence, the very presence of God in you. You're not alone. And I pray that you have brothers and sisters in Christ who can help you walk through whatever the Lord is opening up to you as I speak. 
as the Holy Spirit because I do believe he has drawn you here to listen to this message. So I'm going to stop there and let me pray for you and for me because this is not always an easy process. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the understanding. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for revealing yourself. Every time we go in your word, we're uncovering. You just, you open our eyes to see something new. Not new in the sense of nobody else has thought of it before, but new to us, new to me. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you have provided for your children, for us, all the help that we have. We have everything we need. And Lord, I I pray, I pray for those who are listening, and I ask you to help them help us not to run when you are trying to deliver us, when you have pointed something out about us, when you have revealed something that is not so pleasant about us, to us. Thank you, because we know you love us and we know that you only want us to be more like you and you want us to be free and you want us to be cleansed and oh God, you want to sanctify us. That's what this process is, sanctification. So Lord, sanctify us through your word, by your spirit, by our obedience to what you desire to do within us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Draw those who don't know you. Draw them into salvation. Help them, Lord God. Bring them to the place where they confess that you are Lord and that they want you to be their Savior and that they will live their lives for you. They they will allow you to do the work. That they will allow you to transform them and conform them. Lord God, that they won't any longer look like the world. Oh, Father, we are so blessed. So, Lord, be with them. Be with the listener. Hear their cries. Answer them, Lord, in your time and in your way. And I thank you for blessing this episode. Thank you for drawing those that you have assigned to listen. I praise you and I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. I bless you in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.